Welcome back in to Small Talk with Sam's short segments presented to you by the Hitstick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host for the evening, Chris, not the quarterback, Sims, here to keep talking the talk, walking the walk, and giving you all the fantasy news that you need here in April on Friday, April 16th of 2021. We have no Rebecca Black feature today. I do apologize. But anyway, we're going to move forward. We're going to keep things going. We are going to round everything out here with the final installment of the sophomore wide receiver series. This is part three where we will round out and finish wrapping things up on these sophomore wide receivers, the 2020 rookie class. Today, we're going to be covering guys like Jerry Judy, Jalen Rieger, LaVisca Chenoltz, Gabriel Davis, Van Jefferson, and rounding things out with a Colin Johnson. I will also be then giving you my full rankings of these 2020 sophomore wide receivers, where I will tell you the order of every single player that I have kind of touched base on in this wide receiver edition from the rookie class of 2020. Now, if you are noticing that I left a few guys out, like the Baltimore rookies, I forget his name, it's like, Dalvernay or something like that. That's because I don't care about them. And they're really not somebody that I think is worth discussing. So that should kind of tell you well, how you feel. It's a Devin Duvernay. Okay, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he, he didn't do anything. So, But anyway, without further ado, we are going to move forward and get this segment kicked off. As always, you do know where to find us. We are Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter, Hitstick Fantasy on Facebook, Hitstick Fantasy on Instagram. Feel free to like, subscribe, send us a message, little uh, interaction. Just, you know, interact with us. Hit us up. Ask us some questions. See how we're feeling and see if we can help you out. We're definitely always here to uh, answer some questions that you may or may not have. If you do want to be a part of the show, maybe come on and feature via phone conversation or whatever. Just uh, hit us up via DM message or whatever, and uh, see how you can go about getting that done because we're more than happy to have you guys on here and answer your questions live on the air and see if we can help you make that championship run here in 2021. So anyway, moving forward, we're going to talk about Jerry Judy, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. This kid ended up as the wide receiver, 47 with 113 targets. 52 receptions, 856 yards, turned those into three touchdowns. He had an average uh, yards per target of 7.58 that he converted into a yards per catch amount of 16.46. This was not the season that we were all expecting to have from Jerry Judy, especially when we saw Cortland Sutton go down early on in the week, in the beginning of the season. And then we realized that Judy was going to be the solidified wide receiver one here in this room for the entire duration of 2020. Uh, It was a little bit of a letdown, in my opinion. He definitely didn't live up to that full uh, draft capital that he had in there, and I think a lot of that had to do with Drew Locke. He was one of the only receivers to have over 100 targets and land with a 52 uh, reception total. But there are a lot of things to like about Jerry Judy. He has electric speed. He has the talent, in my opinion, to be a great receiver. You are looking at an excellent route runner, and with his speed, those two things are a dangerous combination. He does have some things to work on, though. 
You, we saw the 12th highest drop rate in the league at an 8.8%, including a horrendous effort in Week 16 against the Chargers that included five drops in one game. But, hey, that's why he was a rookie last year. He had to learn. Uh, similar to what I was talking about with K.J. Hamler, I absolutely hate Drew Locke. I think he's a very irresponsible, terrible quarterback that doesn't do you any favors in any way, shape, or form. I think they should lock him up and – Throw away the key. You guys see what I did there? A little, little wordplay for you. But, yeah, anyway, I, I don't like Drew Locke. It's it's not a secret. Uh, but I think that Jerry Judy could benefit with the return of Cortland Sutton, unlike K.J. Hamler, because it's going to take the top off the defense. And I do expect some positive touchdown regression to come his way as well. Um, I think for 20, 2021 purposes, he's a high-risk, high-reward kind of player. As I've stated here, I don't trust Drew Locke at all. I'll say that one more time. But it's definitely going to be interesting to see if they, A, stick with Drew Locke and how it, things kind of work out in this system. He could definitely be a great dynasty by low right now. Uh, but with all that being said, you are still looking at a crowded receiving room for at least a few years. Cortland Sutton's contract is not up anytime soon. I think he has two years left on his rookie deal because I believe he was also a first-round pick. But... This was my favorite wide receiver coming out of last year's class. I still really like him a lot, but he's definitely dipped a little bit compared to last year, and there are some guys that I now like uh, a little bit more than him. So, But I, I still I have a lot of optimism for Jerry Judy. I think he's got a good chance to bounce back. I, I think that you're looking at a very talented kid. You cannot teach speed, and that's something this kid has, and he also has a great he's – just, he's a great route runner. Watching his highlights, are they're very fun, the way he just – Breezes past everybody. So, but anyway, moving forward, we are going to talk about wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Rieger, first round pick, I believe. He was wide receiver 92 last year with uh, 54 total targets that he turned into 31 receptions for 396 yards. Only got into the end zone one time, one touchdown. He also had, I think he had a kick return touchdown of two, if I'm not mistaken. So technically two, but from receiving purposes, it was only one. 7.33 yards per target with a 12.44 yards per catch. Jalen Rieger. I, I'm, very, I'm very intrigued by this kid. I mean, he has the speed, and he appears to be the favorite read of Jalen Hurts, who is now the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. He had the highest target share of his season with Jalen Hurts in as the starter. And it was Jalen Hurts' third start, week 15, against the Arizona Cardinals. He had eight targets. That was the most he saw all year. He also struggled with some injuries of his own. Uh, we need to see what Philly's going to do. Philly needs to get better at using him, too. They need to, like, actually give him some shots down the field and stop just throwing him screen passes. Like, because that's pretty much all his highlight reels are, is just screen pass, screen pass, screen pass, screen pass. Uh, it's, it's very predictable, and I, I think that the, we're going to definitely see what Philly does. Now, granted, he also needs to learn how to follow his blockers when being utilized in those screen passes, so the, he does still have some things to work on, and I definitely think he still has room to grow as an NFL wide receiver. It's going to be interesting to see what the Philadelphia Eagles do. And by the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean their brand-new head coach, Nick Sirianni, from the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be – he was – look, Sirianni was a great part of what the Indianapolis Colts did last year and really helping refine that offense into something that got Phillip Rivers and that team to the playoffs. I think that Nick Sirianni is a good coach. I think he could be a good head coach. We're, we're definitely going to see what he's able to do this year. But I have concerns. 
I do think that, you know, he's bringing a lot of that Colts mentality over here, which thrived off a strong run game. So that's why I highlighted I love Miles Sanders. We're also going to need to see if Philly addresses wide receiver in the draft, which it it's kind of it's going to be weird if because if they like this is a player that I think could benefit if they brought in another receiver, but at the same time if they bring in another receiver, does that mean they're game scripting Jalen Rieger out? So it's kind of tough. You're going to have to make your mind up on the kid though, especially from a dynasty format. He's a very high risk, high reward kind of player. You have a new regime coming into play. It's going to be scary to see how they may use him. Um, I do expect them to draft a wide receiver. That room definitely lacks one. I don't think that Travis Fulgham's the answer there. And, um, but it's kind of going to depend on where they draft a wide receiver. If they draft one in the first round, that's going to be kind of concerning. If they draft one, if they draft a day two wide out, that might be something that's a little bit more relieving. We're definitely going to have to monitor it, but you're going to have to call your shot. Do you believe in the kid or do you not? Because I think right now you are looking at a good dynasty buy if you believe that Jalen Rieger is what he was drafted to be, and that's the number one receiver in Philadelphia. I don't think he's a wide receiver one, but I do think he could be good for fantasy purposes. So if you decide, you know, this is what I like to do here. I'm not here to tell you what to do. This is not a how to be good at fantasy football tutorial. I'm here to give you the tools to make yourself good at fantasy football, to put in the work by yourself and propel yourself up there to do the legwork and be the best you can be. So watch Jalen Rieger's tape, watch Jalen Rieger on the Eagles, watch him with Hertz and see, decide for yourself. Is this a kid that you're in on? Do you want to go all in on Jalen Rieger? Um, I've, I've struggled with that decision myself personally, as somebody that is making a lot of trades, I've not, I've wanted to reach out for Rieger, but I just don't really know what to offer. If I have him, I'm probably going to hold. That's the plan that I'd have right now. I don't think selling him is a good idea right now, but I do think the perception is that he's a good buy because people are probably wanting to sell him. So if you can get him cheap, I think it's worth it. But there are a lot of question marks. But similar to what I just said about Jerry Judy, you cannot teach speed, and that's something this kid has. Uh, My final notes on Jalen Rieger is I have some slight concerns about him staying healthy. He's going to be an interesting player to watch here in 2021. Now, going forward to a guy that I've already talked a lot about, how much I absolutely love. We're talking LaViscus Chenault, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, new Trevor Lawrence toy, Trevor Lawrence target. You're looking at last year's wide receiver 49 in PPR format. He had 79 targets, turned him into 58 receptions, 600 yards, got into the end zone five times, average. Yards per target of 7.59. Average yards per catch of 10.34. I've already highlighted, he's a very good small ball buy. Um, He's part of a very unique receiving core that I think is incredibly underrated with DJ Chark and Marvin Jones. And he has the draft capital and the tools to become a fan favorite of both Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. Or Trevor Lawrence. I, I was really impressed what I saw with him towards the back end of last year. I thought that he balled out he looked incredible he looked like he was a steal in last year's draft he could definitely pay high dividends for fantasy purposes as there is no guarantee right now that he won't become the favorite target of Trevor Lawrence I I don't expect it I think I still do think DJ Chark is the wide receiver to have there but all I'm saying is there's a new regime new quarterback nothing is guaranteed Trevor Lawrence is going to lock on to who he likes the best, and there's no way to know which one of those guys it's going to be until we see it. Now, 
Don't hear what I'm not saying. As I just stated, I do think that remains DJ Chark, but there's plenty, plenty of offensive production to go around. Um, I think this is definitely somebody that I'd be targeting and redraft, especially if he's slipping into those late rounds. I definitely am interested to see what he's going to do. Let's also keep in mind that DJ Chark struggled with injuries. And I think this kid has what it takes to step up and be a very underrated wide wide out in this room, especially with a guy like Marvin Jones, who takes the top off the defense, isn't a big long ball play guy. He's somebody that you can really stretch the field, which opens up those mid routes that LaVisca Chenault seems to excel at. So I think that he's great after the catch. And I really was impressed with what I saw from this kid in 2020. So he's somebody I'm going to be keeping my eyes on. He's somebody that I want to buy in a dynasty format. I would pay anywhere. I would definitely play, pay any kind of a second round pick for him if somebody's willing to give it up. And I would consider giving up a late first if my team was well built everywhere else. I think this kid has talent. So it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see what he can do with Trevor Lawrence. So going forward here. Buffalo Bills wide receiver, Gabriel Davis. He was the wide receiver 57. He had 62 targets for 35 receptions, 599 yards that he turned into seven touchdowns. That's a lot of touchdowns for a rookie. 9.66 yards per target into a 17.77 yards per catch. As you are seeing, this kid is capable of making some big plays. Um, Another one here is I, I was he had a very impressive rookie campaign, and he has a high touchdown upside, as we're seeing, especially with his size of being 6'3". So I, I know everyone in the fantasy community right now is raving and boasting about how there's no John Brown and all blah, blah, blah this and how that's opening doors for Gabriel Davis. It's a fucking illusion. Come on now, you guys. John Brown was pretty much not there last year. So let's look for other reasons to be excited about Gabriel Davis. Cause that's really not one of them. He only had 52 targets in 2020, John Brown, 52 targets. That's, that's what, that's what John Brown leaving to the Raiders is opening up. It's 52 targets. It's not that much. Um, I really like though, that he trained with Brandon Marshall last off season. I think that's definitely uh, something that, you know, you like to see with your young receivers that they are looking to these elite past wideouts to mentor them and help them get started into the game and get their feet wet and kind of mold themselves into being potential great wide receivers. You can tell this kid has the drive to be great. Uh, I don't want you guys to get confused though. As much as he has a huge opportunity right now to solidify himself as the number two on this team, but that's the point is the number two. Let's not forget that this is still Stefan Diggs team. Diggs is going to more than likely command about 30% of that total team target share. And let's also not forget about Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is always there too, racking up targets. He's very underrated. Um, For me, in a dynasty situation, I'm holding unless I get blown away by an offer because everybody has a price. That's just the truth. But more than likely, I'd be holding. He could be a very, very good value in a redraft league, especially if he can take over that wide receiver two spot, but it's going to be very, very interesting to see what his ADP does. So it's something you want to monitor. Let's not forget that this is somewhat of a crowded room. You know, I think Cole Beasley is underrated and I think outside of Diggs, they do like to spread the ball around, but Gabriel Davis is interesting. I'm excited to see what he can do with this year too. see if he can take the leap. So the next wide receiver that I'm going to talk about is Van Jefferson. And that is the uh, wide receiver for the LA Rams. He was the wide receiver 120 that he had 31 targets into 19 receptions, 220 yards, and one touchdown. 
7.1 yards per target into an 11.58 yards per catch. I really liked this kid. Uh, he's in a crowded receiving room per a lot of these receivers that I've been talking about, but I do think he's an excellent buy if you are a rebuilding dynasty team because I don't think they can keep Cooper Cup and Robert Woods under contract there forever. There's only so much money they can give these wide receivers, and they did invest a second-round pick into Van Jefferson. So for somebody that's not in a contending mode, if you can buy Van Jefferson right now for a relatively cheap price tag, I definitely think it could work out for you, especially as soon as this year. Look, they brought in Deshaun Jackson, and I'm excited to see how that's going to work, but let's not pretend like Deshaun Jackson is a replica of a clean bill of health. Health. He goes down with injuries at least four times a year. So at that point in time, we do know that Sean McVay is more than known for using wide receivers or three wide receiver sets, and who's going to step into that role? It's going to be Van Jefferson. There's not even a guarantee that Van Jefferson doesn't start the year off as the number three in those three wide receiver sets. And anybody that's part of Sean McVay's creative system is somebody that I'm interested in having on my fantasy team. So moving forward here to the last wide receiver of the day, we're going to be talking about Colin Johnson, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yet again, he was the wide receiver 108. He had 31 targets that he turned into 18 receptions for 272 yards, two touchdowns, and an 8.77 yards per target, 15.11 yards per catch. You're looking at a wideout that is 6'6". Holy shit, this guy is tall as fuck. Uh, so, obviously, naturally, he is great at making contested catches because he can just put his hands up over everyone's head. Uh, but he was a fifth-round pick, and he is in a very, very crowded room with, as I mentioned, you know, I like Chanel, I like Chark, I like Jones. I don't like I don't like the fourth guy in that room. There's, there's, there's too much talent ahead of him. I don't think he's going to see the field as much as he needs to. But with that being said, if one of these wideouts were to fall to injury per the NFL player's do fairly often, I do think that's going to open the door for Colin Johnson to be a great waiver wire ad. So I think that he is somebody you want to keep an eye on all year. If you see Chark or Chenault or Jones go down with an injury in a redraft league, he's somebody you should be monitoring for on the waiver wire because he could definitely benefit. If you're in a really deep league, he's a great stash, but otherwise probably left alone. I don't even think he's a must roster in a dynasty format. So uh, I thought, I mean, I watched the tape. He, he was impressive for sure, but he's definitely not somebody that you absolutely need to have. So, but anyway, that is going to round out everything for the sophomore wide receivers here. Let's, uh, let's put these guys in order. Why don't we? Let's have a little bit of fun here. I'm going to rank every player that I've talked about during this three-part session here. So this is my sophomore wide receiver class rankings. This is exclusive data that I'm giving to you for free right now. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to charge you guys for this shit. I'm not I'm not an asshole. But anyway, number 1, and I'm ready for I'm ready. Feel free, believe me, at that Sims Kid 15, that's T H T S I M S K I D 15. And if you want to come at me and debate these takes, I am more than ready to uh discuss this stuff with you. But let's let's get into this here. I got CD Lamb number 1. I know. I know. I'm I'm ready for that one. CD Lamb 1, Justin Jefferson number 2. I got T. Higgins at number three, Jerry Judy at number four, Michael Pittman, somebody I highlighted that I really like at wide receiver number five, Brandon Ayukin at wide receiver number six, LaVisca Chenault number seven, Chase Claypool is eight, Gabriel Davis is nine, I like Denzel Mims as my wide receiver 10, Jalen Rieger at 11, Van Jefferson at 12, Henry Ruggs at 13, 
Darnell Mooney at wide receiver 14, Brian Edwards at wide receiver 15, and Quintus Cephas at wide receiver 16. Rounding out the last three, Tyler Johnson at 17, basically because of opportunity purposes. I do really like that kid. Colin Johnson at 18, and KJ Hamler at your wide receiver 19. That is the last one. So, anyway, that's going to round everything out here for my sophomore wide receiver review. Uh, we're still, I'm going to bust out quarterbacks and tight ends in one episode. That'll be sometime next week, and then we'll start getting to some other things. Be on the lookout as me, Ryan, and Seta do have some stuff cooking up. We're going to be coming out with some other option or some other episodes here soon. As always, you guys do know where to find us. That's Hitstick Fantasy at Facebook, Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter, Hitstick Fantasy on Instagram. Like, subscribe, do all that good shit that you like to do. I appreciate you guys listening. Thanks again. And if you have any feedback, feel free to comment to me at that SimsKid15 on Twitter. But thanks. You guys enjoy your weekends and have a great evening. Good night.